This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 60 of the Animaniacast. Ah, uh, will I slack, You're up! The parfait, please. Too kind. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you, my little friends, my small friends. Maestro, if you please. Bah, bah, black sheep. Have you any wool? Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Three bags full. I think there's something missing. Like talent? Three bags, three bags. Three bags full. And welcome once again to another episode of the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast that is dedicated to the animated series, Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode, exploring all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And in the end, we give each episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again are my co-hosts, Nathan. His name is my name, too. How odd. <laughs> and, and across the country in Georgia, it's Kelly. Hello. <laughs> Well, today we have a very funny episode of Animaniacs to discuss. Um, I can't wait to get into it. But before we get into all that, tell me, guys, if you were to uh, to summarize this episode in just a few words, what would you say? Uh, Nathan? Um, I, I feel very uh, TV uh, cultured, I guess. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know really what that means, but okay. Like... like Lots of lots of television uh, shows uh, thrown into it, basically. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> and uh, Kelly, what about you? It was karaoke dokey. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, yes, today's episode is episode sixty, and uh, it does go over the uh, cartoons karaoke dokey, cranial crusader, and the chicken who loved me. Now, before we get into all of those different uh, segments. We have some breaking Animaniacs news. Nathan, get us with the Animaniacs. Breaking Animaniacs news. Wow, that was good. Okay. So, first of all, uh, I guess we'll go with the, the good news first. We have good news and we have bad news. So, let's do some good news first. Kelly has just come back from Dragon Con. Yes. Ooh. And... Kelly got a chance once again to talk one-on-one, go to meet the one, the only, Mr. Rob Paulson. And uh, you can see a picture of her and Rob uh, together. Uh, Kelly was wearing a beautiful Animaniacs dress. And so uh, we put that up on Facebook and Rob Paulson then shared it. And so a lot of people got to see it and got some wonderful comments and everything like that. But Kelly, tell us. Yes. Tell us about your adventure at Dragon Con. Well, well, I'll limit it to the Rob Paulson okay. <laughs> um, chat because whoa, there were a lot of adventures. But <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it was a really short uh, interview. Um, I got to speak with him and uh, with a couple of other reporters, and uh, he talked a lot about his recovery from throat cancer. And he had such a great outlook and attitude about everything and just was um, so grateful to have recovered and be back to work and um, didn't want to share a whole lot about it initially. But now he wants to be able to talk to other people and, you know, help them out if they're going through the same thing. And so it was just it was really fascinating and wonderful to to see someone who's gone through such an ordeal but have such a great and incredible outlook on life and just full of, of gratitude and um, you know so glad that he is recovered and it was just amazing he um, I did wear an anime extra a lot of people asked me about it and it's just one I bought off Hot Topic so uh, it's a cute dress though and I, I thought oh this would be a great opportunity to wear it and so that's why word in the photo and uh, just had a, a wonderful time at the con overall so if y'all haven't been to Dragon Con and can make it next year it's always Labor Day weekend in Atlanta and we had about 80,000 attendees this year wow wow yeah hopefully Nathan Nathan and or I will be able to make it down there one of these years because yeah Dragon Con is always just one of those one of those times there's so much stuff going on there each year it's so many different uh panels that I want to, you know, go to visit, uh, and, you know, I know that, you know, like, uh, the Blantons from, uh, the Star Wars Report mm-hmm. are, are over there, and, yeah. uh, I, I met them once or twice in person, and, uh, of course, Brian Young from Big Shiny Robot and yeah, stuff, he, and... he roomed with me, and, um, so, which is about the only time I really got to see him, because he stays so busy and, and doing panels and readings and signings and whatnot, um, because he's... He's a, a published author now, and um, Riley Blanton was Anakin in our Shakespearean adaptation of Attack of the Clones. That's right. And, and I was Yoda. Yes. And Riley was hysterical. Absolutely. <laughs> like, he, he chewed the scenery in every... Well, we didn't have scenery, but you know what I mean. He just... He was so like whiny when he needed to be whiny and the the sand sequence from <laughs> it's the clones it, it we were all dying laughing <laughs> so yeah that, that'll be great one of these days we'll have to we'll have to have like an animating cast like uh we'll have to have our own little uh co- you know convention like a little uh, mini panel or something where like Ooh, anybody anyone who's like in the hallway who wants to come and see us can, <laughs> it'll be like an unofficial one uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's fantastic. You know, uh, Rob Paulson uh, really is. I mean, y- you hear it over and over and over again how just the interactions with him online is just such a positive, uh, you know, force uh, in the universe. Uh, such a nice guy, and just you know, I've yet to meet anybody, anyone, uh, have a have a negative experience with that man. Um, so. I can't. I personally can't wait to, to see him uh, when he comes to uh, to Tucson in uh, in just a few gosh, gosh, just a few weeks, basically. Uh, no, beginning of November. I think it's November fourth. Animaniacs Live. It was going to be in May, and then it got postponed all the way to November here in Tucson. So uh, we'll be able to to see him again there and uh, say hi. So. I'm glad you were able to see him, Kelly. And uh, if, if anyone wants to see that uh, 
that picture of her and Rob together, you can head on over to our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Animaniacast. Uh, or head over to our Twitter as well. We uh, tweeted it out, too. It's a, it's a really cute picture. Um, now, speaking of other news, let's go to the let's get to the, the not so good news. No, <laughs> because it was, uh, you know, if you turn on your Netflix right now and you and you you go to Animaniacs, it gives you this little uh, disclaimer at the top. And Nathan, what is that disclaimer? The Animaniacs may be leaving October 1st. Yes. Uh, it tells us, it tells everybody right now that, uh, Animaniacs will not be available after November, uh, I'm sorry, October 1st. Um, now this could change. Um, you know, it's happened many times with the cartoon series, The Clone Wars, uh, which, you know, for, it seems like every time it's going to expire, it suddenly gets renewed. Um, some people, some listeners have said, why, why? And I don't think it's any reason of, you know, some people have uh, assumed like, well, maybe they're just going to start rebooting it now because they're getting rid of the old show. It's like, no, I, if I were a betting man, I would think it's just because, well, the contract is up and, you know, they don't just have the contract to just stream these things infinitely. You, you pay for the show and you stream it for a certain amount of time and then you can renegotiate and, uh, either pay for it again or just let it expire and maybe some other streaming service will pick it up. So that might be the case with this. I mean, there's been plenty of other cartoons that are used to be on Netflix and are no longer on Netflix. Uh, South Park used to be on Netflix and then it went away and I think it's on like Hulu now, right? Yeah, um, or even the just the Comedy Central side, I think they have it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but other cartoons like Futurama, I think they went away, but I think they only went away for like a week and then they were back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember it was like a big deal when Futurama was no longer available on uh, Netflix and it was like, oh no, it's gone. And oh wait, no, it's back. So, uh, to make, uh, your concerns felt really, gosh, one of, there's a lot of different ways to do it. We have a tweet over on our Twitter page. Uh, it's just a little thing. It shouldn't be too hard to find. It's gotten about 200 retweets uh, already, which is fantastic. But, you know, we just want to let Netflix know to uh, renew it so that uh, it can be shown and seen by a lot of people. Uh, really, right, right now, this is the main way that uh, people are able to see the show. Um, and quite frankly, I mean, yeah, some you know, even if you own the DVDs like I do, it's nothing beats being able to stream it right on your <laughs> your computer uh, or not have to get up off your butt and <laughs> get out the DVD. Uh, I mean, it's just right on your phone. You have Animaniacs oh, yeah. on your phone, so you can't beat that. So uh, if you want to go ahead and give a retweet to that tweet, it's up on our Twitter page, twitter.com slash Animaniacast. You can also find a, a, a link to that uh, specific uh, tweet over on our Facebook page as well. But if you're uh, having trouble finding it, quite, quite frankly, just uh, just let do a at Netflix and a at Warner Brothers Entertainment, you know, and uh, maybe 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 just maybe they'll hear us and they'll say, okay, let's renegotiate. If that was something they were thinking about not doing, so we have our fingers crossed, and hopefully in a few weeks it'll it'll just still be up there. You never know. So, well, that's a developing story i guess you could say <laughs> hey everybody this is joey with some bonus animani cast news 
Now, I can't really give it away right now. I really want to, but I can't. This Wednesday, however, I can. Head to retrozap.com or go to our Twitter pages or Facebook pages. Those are twitter.com slash animaniacast or facebook.com slash animaniacast for a very special announcement. We're going to have somebody very important to the show Animaniacs joining us from time to time here on the show. And it is very exciting. I really want to tell you guys right now what it is, but I'm not going to. Ha ha ha. But check out RetroZap.com, go to our Twitter or Facebook pages this upcoming Wednesday, September 13th, and retweet away, share the news, tell a friend, because this is big. All right, back to the show. Well, before we get into our discussion, we're going to have one more thing, which is some quick listener feedback. This first one here comes from Sam Nee, who is at Eating Green Eggs on Twitter. And she says to us, you guys are awesome. Thank you for letting me relive my childhood. No one's ever too old for cartoons, <laughs> which is true. Thank you. So yeah. thank you to Sam <laughs> for that. And uh, then we had a, a cute uh, tweet here from Mike Westfall, who said that he got a brand new car and he broke it in with the Animaniacast and Woodstock Slappy. And it shows uh, a little gif of Woodstock Slappy slamming the guitar right into the amplifier at Woodstock. So <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, so it was an awesome tweet, and I had to make sure that Mike Westfall got his, uh, we got mentioned to him right there. So if you want to, you know, tweet at us or anything like that, folks, you can do so. We're twitter.com slash Animaniacast. And uh, you can also leave some iTunes reviews, and right now, I think we got a new rating, but I don't think we got another review. <laughs> yeah, so, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, the number went up, but I don't see any writing. Oh, the person might, must have just given us five stars, which is which is awesome. Go ahead and do that. But uh, if you want to actually leave a review as well, we'll uh, read that on the air. As long as it's not, like, you know, horrible review, then, yeah, we'll read it on the air. Leave <laughs> <laughs> five stars and leave a horrible no, but yeah, that, well, actually, that'd be pretty funny. You can leave it. You can leave a five star review and just talk about how horrible the show is, but it'd be kind of weird and, and I don't know. No, second thought, don't do that. It might confuse people. Don't do that. We would, I would get the joke, but no one else would get the joke. So don't worry about that. Uh, well, whatever. <laughs> well, before we get into our conversation, finally, <laughs> let's go ahead and get over to Nathan, who's going to tell us when this episode premiered. Excellent. This episode first premiered on March 2nd, 1994. It was a Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> and what oh, did, did anything, oh, Yeah, what so, happened on this date? <laughs> <laughs> so Miami uh, began a Latin Walk of Fame with Gloria Esteban as the first star, and uh, Kentucky Congressman William Natcher made his 18,401st and last consecutive vote, setting in the all-time record for both, both the House of Representatives and the Congress. Boom. <laughs> okay. What a what a fact, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought well, I was I was like, wow, that guy's been there for like forty years. He never forty one years, never missed a vote, so <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's set that, a huge record. Okay, so that that's impressive. Okay, I'll give him that. <laughs> I'll give him that. That was impressive. Uh, well, let's go ahead and get straight into our discussion with karaoke Doki. 
and Karaoke Doki was written by Peter Hastings, and it was directed by Rusty Mills and John McClanahan. And Kelly, tell us, what happens in Karaoke Doki? In Karaoke Doki, the Warner siblings hear Dr. Scratch and Sniff doing karaoke, and they want to go check it out, so they leave their water tower and actually come across uh, the karaoke, and Willie Slackmer is singing, and they want to take their turn, but he's filled up the whole page and has like 30 songs. We want to sing too. See if they have Disco Duck. Then I sign you up, and you wait your turn. A more hideous phrase has never been spoken. Here, here. Well, tough toenails. Willie Slackmer is next. So they decide to be their usual selves and annoy him. <laughs> and it's so funny. This is one of my favorite episodes because he's obviously Willie Slackmer is a parody of William Shatner. Yes. And he's they're doing karaoke for kids. And so they're little nursery rhymes and, and songs. So he goes, bah, bah, black sheep. Have you any wool? <laughs> and talks like that. And it's the <laughs> funniest Thing. And he does John Jacob Jinkleheimer Schmidt, and um, which is a song I, I remember when I was a kid. I used to hear it on a like a children's com- you know songs commercial or something, and thought it was a funny name. John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. His name is my name too. Odd. We're gonna lose our audience. I'm gonna lose my lunch. He needs help. Whenever we go out, the people always shout. There goes John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. La 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 la. So it's it's hilarious, and they start speeding up the the karaoke machine and and getting Ralph to to leave it unattended so that that they can mess with it. And then Lenny Neboy is the next person in line. And of course, that's a parody of, um, or caricature of, uh, Leonard Nimoy. So it's this whole Star Trek gag thing, and they even say that out loud to acknowledge it, just in case you didn't get the joke. Yes. <laughs> oh, I get it. It's a whole Star Trek gag thing. <laughs> so it's, it's just, it's so funny. I, I love it. I, I sing that, well, I sing slash quote this one all the time, because they're not really singing. It's more like spoken word, but it's hysterical. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it's definitely uh, a very funny episode. I didn't really have much experience as a kid uh, with William Shatner. I didn't. I never really watched Star Trek as a kid. Did you ever watch that, Kelly? Growing up at all? No. You know what? I oh, well, I was about to say. Never mind. I was thinking of Leonard Nimoy. Um, <laughs> Leonard Nimoy hosted a show on Nickelodeon about movie making. Oh, you know what? That does sound vaguely familiar, actually. Yeah, it was called um, Standby Lights, Camera, Action, I think. Return of the Jedi. Oh, there's something else I'd like to explain. Very often when a film is in production, it has what's known as a working title. Revenge of the Jedi was the working title. The original title was Return of the Jedi. The film company went back to the original. Now, let's roll the trailer for Return of the Jedi. Of the Jedi. The battle between good and evil rages on. Return of the Jedi is the third episode of the middle trilogy. 
In other words, George Lucas sees this epic adventure as three trilogies, three sets of three films each, or nine episodes that will span 40 years. We'd like to thank Lucasfilm for letting us have that terrific footage. Um, so I, I knew him <laughs> through that. But yeah, I didn't really, I didn't have a lot of familiarity with Star, I still don't. I, I'm a Star Wars gal, and I, I don't hate Star Trek or anything. I've seen the movies, and I used to watch The Next Generation, but I, I think I came into it about the third or fourth season or something like that. So I, um, as a kid, no, not not so much at all. Star Trek the, the Next Generation was just something that I watched in preparation for more Star Wars movies coming out. I think it was just like, <laughs> it was like I just wanted to watch something with space, <laughs> and I was just like, well, there's this. <laughs> so I'll watch this instead. Yeah, not uh, not a huge uh, Star Trek fan as well. I know Nathan. Growing up, we didn't really watch Star Trek. Uh, have you no. caught up on any of that in the meantime? Um, I, I've seen uh, the new Star Trek movies, and then I saw like Wrath of Khan, and the one right after that one. But yeah, that's about it. So, so you saw the whales one then? Is that you seen the whales one? Is that, or is that no, the fourth that was, one? That must be yeah, the fourth that, one. Yeah, the search Wrath for Spock is the third one. Okay, yes, yeah. yeah. The Wales one is the fourth one, I think. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> so it's, it's great. <laughs> but we, but even we could see. I mean, yes. I mean, there obviously there's there's the Star Trek thing with William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, and then he's doing the uh, the Scotty thing with the with when the machine is they speed it up and then it's about to blow up. <laughs> uh, Wacko says she can't take any more, Captain. Uh, so that's <laughs> obviously something you know Scotty would say. Very often on Star Trek. Uh, but really, when I saw this, this was making fun of not just William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy, but the fact that these two had released albums <laughs> back in the 60s, possibly into the 70s as well, uh, which are really... They're not that great. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> now, I, I've actually... Uh, one is called The Transformed Man with William Shatner. And the first time I heard him singing, well, first time I heard him singing was sort of was on this. And I just thought, oh, they're just making fun of William Shatner. I had no idea that William Shatner actually put out albums where he sung like this. Uh, so one's called The Transform Man. The first time I ever heard any of it, I think I heard him singing Mr. Tambourine Man. Or maybe it was Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Picture yourself on a train in a station with plasticine porters, with looking glass ties. Suddenly, someone is there at the turnstile. A girl with kaleidoscope eyes. One of those tracks was on a Dr. Demento compilation of CDs, of songs, and I heard it, and it is the worst. It was not worst. It's hilarious. It's hilarious in how weird it is. Uh, and I got to say that, you know, William Shatner, he's just, 
he's just a very interesting man. I think he's a very artistic and, and, uh, out of the box thinker. I think he did, uh, I want to say he did Hamlet once and the whole production was done in Esperanto. So <laughs> he doesn't, uh, you know, go to just a, a, you know, these conventions of acting and singing and stuff like that. Um, so have either one of you heard any of the Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds or rock? He does this very, uh, famous now version of Rocket Man that they're kind of parodying on this. Have you familiar no. with that? You're I, not. I've only heard parodies of the parody. Parody, yeah. you know, like <laughs> like on Family Guy with Stewie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Have you seen Leonard Nimoy sing the Bilbo Baggins song? I I've heard it once. It's it's oh. it's good. It's, it's so funny. It's a funny song. <laughs> the the video though is so. I don't know. I guess it's 1960s. Oh yeah. You I've don't never get seen... more night. Oh yeah, like go-go boots and little skirts. Oh and, wow! Okay, that's yeah. one on the show notes. <laughs> it is so funny. The first time I ever saw it was at a Lord of the Rings panel at Dragon Con. Uh huh. And I ran home. I think like, everybody has to watch this. Oh my gosh! Okay, if I can find it, I I'm totally it, putting it in the show notes. I thought it was a parody. Like I thought they were making fun or something, but you know, it was actual. I don't know what it was for, why it existed, or anything like that. But it, it's hysterical. middle of the earth in the land of Shire lives a brave little hobbit whom we all admire with his long wooden pipe fuzzy woolly toes. He lives in a hobbit hole and everybody knows him. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, he's only three feet tall. Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins, the bravest little hobbit of them all. Honestly, he that's a surprisingly good voice. He he actually does. It's not horrible, <laughs> but it, back in um, the '90s, uh, Rhino Records released these albums called Golden Throats, and they're basically just compilations of actors and actresses, mostly from the '60s and '70s, perhaps even earlier, uh, singing contemporary songs that people would just. I mean, and they're pretty bad. A lot of them are pretty bad, but William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy were featured on it. I think like even people like Mae West are on it and oh gosh, uh, I want to say like John Wayne, I think was singing <laughs> like a Beatles song or something like that. So it's, it's just weird stuff. It's, I don't know how that happened back in the sixties and seventies that, um, I guess it was just cheap to, cover artists like that there wasn't the copyright laws they perhaps have today i don't know but anyway so that is a kind of a cool side note and you know they're doing like little things like the whole rocket man thing uh, the actual real video which that's out there i'll put that on the show notes too of william shatner actually singing uh rocket man there's this side-by-side kind of uh thing where his face is uh, you know on the side and he while he's singing and he's basically singing with himself. I'm a rocket man. Rocket man, burning out his fumes out here. Hello. And I think it's gonna be a long, long time. The touchdown brings me around again to find I'm not the man they think I am. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I'm a rock. And they show that really fast on the Animaniacs uh, cartoon as well. Uh, so this is 
this is kind of cool because this is like the first time. I mean, this is everyone like shows like the Family Guy parody of William Shatner and and stuff like that. Now, with especially with the internet, you can access these obscure videos a lot, you know, more often than you could in the past. This was this had to be so much of an in joke for the writers, I'm guessing, because you know back then if you didn't have the tape of it. <laughs> You had no idea what they were joking about, you know? Uh, and of course, like William Shatner is smoking a cigarette in these, uh, videos. So instead of smoking a cigarette in the Animaniacs version, he's blowing some bubbles, which is very, it's very health conscious, you know, especially if you're with secondhand smoke in front of these small children in the commissary. You want to make sure you're, <laughs> you're, you're blowing bubbles. Yeah. Secondhand bubbles is much safer. <laughs> Uh, one of the songs that Doc asks uh, for uh, Ralph to play is, or to, to see if they have at least, is Disco Duck. Are you guys familiar with the song Disco Duck? Yes. Yeah. Good. Excellent. <laughs> um, when I go to karaoke, I always request the weirder songs. <laughs> maybe this, maybe this episode had an effect on my brain as a little kid. But um, uh, Nathan, you've gone to karaoke with me a couple times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember having. I remember like giving Nathan like. Remember when I said, "Okay, you're gonna you're gonna sing a song that you you won't know what it is, and then I'm just gonna put it down and you're gonna sing it." Mm-hmm. I remember Nathan fumbling through Mambo Number no. Five. That was the first song I ever did at karaoke. <laughs> really? Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> and it was. I was like, well, everyone knows Mambo Number no. Five. Nathan didn't I knew know the about. one, two, three, four, five part, and that was it. I, w- I was driving um, to another state one night in a rental car, so I didn't really know how to change the radio station because um, I had the worst time with car stereos for some reason. But um, apparently, I stumbled across a station that they, I, I think they were changing over or doing something, and so they just kept playing Mambo Number no. Five. Oh my gosh! Like over and over, and it was a six-hour drive. And I was like, I, I can't. And and I had um, and this, it was a long time ago. So I think I either had take brought CDs to listen, but it had a cassette player in the car, or vice versa. So I had the wrong music to play my stuff, and of course they, they, I didn't have a smartphone or anything back then. So I, I was just like, I, I'm either listening to this or turning it all off. But yeah. It was it was torture. It was like I was trapped in some horrible dimension. <laughs> <laughs> boy oh boy, Amazon Prime and and uh, <laughs> is really and uh, you know all the other online streaming services is really taking care of all that problem now, haven't they? Yeah, we're spoiled now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Back in the old days. <laughs> and uh, Ke- Kelly, do you like karaoke at all? Do you do that? I, I, no. No? <laughs> I don't, I don't, okay, the only time I ever sing in public is usually when I do the Nations of the World song. <laughs> See, and, that and would be awesome. Not really singing. <laughs> they should put that, okay, if there is not a karaoke track of that already, then there should be. Um, I know that whenever I go to karaoke, I automatically go for the more, the, the more obscure songs. So I have been known to, like, if King Tut by Steve Martin is there, I'm going to sing King Tut. Uh, Disco Duck, I've actually probably have sung that once or twice. Um, 
the songs by Tom Lehrer, such as Masochism Tango or Poisoning Pigeons in the Park. I will totally sing that if I can find it. Weird I Al. See, yep. I, I know Weird Al. Weird Al. I, I, I'll do that. Uh, let's see. And uh, oh, uh, I will sing uh, The Girl is Mine by Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney. Uh, but I will sing both parts. So, <laughs> and I have done this just no, no other reason than to just amuse myself because <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll, it's, it's fun stuff. So anyway, I love karaoke and, uh, I was glad to see it parodied in such a cool way here because I feel sorry for the Warners in this because they're one, all they want to do is sing their song. But of course, these folks, just filled up the entire feed with all these different kids songs. Um, very, how, how, how nice that the writers put this into uh, to a kind of kids singing uh, karaoke thing so they could get around uh, all the songs and just make them all public domain songs. I thought that was <laughs> very good. Well, guys, what are some moments in this, that uh, cartoon that you particularly liked that, that you thought were funny? Uh, Nathan, let's start with you. I like the uh, I've been working on the railroad parody that Dr. Scratch and Sip was doing at the beginning. <laughs> Tell me all about your feelings. It's how I earn my pay. I will analyze your problems and help them go away. Everybody now. Is that Dr. Scratch and Sniff? Either that or someone's got a weasel in a headlock. Feelings. Scratch and Sniff. I gotta admit, Nathan, that song has been in my head all day. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so much to the point that in our next cartoon with uh, Pinky and the Brain, they play "I've been working on the railroad," and I Im- they, when the train is about to go over the the rope, and mm-hmm. I immediately think of "Tell me all about your feelings." Yeah. <laughs> so, Kelly, what about you? How are my pay? I. <laughs> I liked when Willie Slatmer was singing John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt, and then they had like the superimposed. Um, headshot of him next to it and they're kind of singing to each other and it just it looked cool and it kind of reminded me of again kind of like those um, commercials for you know albums and different things like that where they kind of have these cheap looking uh, visual effects where they superimpose images on another and mm-hmm. blue screen and different things like that almost like little mini videos or something and I like that. And then I liked when they told Ralph that uh, they saw the Goodyear donut. <laughs> and he's going chocolate. <laughs> I felt really sad for him because I'd be running after a Goodyear donut too. And um, then they were just giving, you know, they were making up a lie. But it was funny. I, I liked what they said and his reaction to <laughs> that. That karaoke machine that he was using, I really liked, uh, number one, the, some of the things that are on that karaoke machine, the little flip, you know, buttons. Uh, one of them says hee-haw. Another one said swing, lambada, uh, one says salsa, picante, rumba, and cha-cha. So they're going, a lot of kids today may not know what that is basically looking like, but I think in some malls, they might still have these, the organ stores, you know, in the mall where you have the big giant organ instead of a synthesizer or something like that. But they'd have the old person right there playing the organ and, and each uh-huh. one would have the little button that would say, here's the cha-cha one and here's the thing and here's the that. Um, oh, like the, the keyboard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that it just reminded me a lot of those old organs that uh, that we would get. I think our uh, our brother Nick has actually has one of those organs, or at least you know bought one recently. I, uh, I had a, a Casio keyboard growing up. Oh yeah, see these are these are the cast. These are like well, basically probably the same as a Casio keyboard, mm-hmm. except they cost. I'm guessing uh, three times as much at least, Ooh. and they look so. Old. They're like they, they're and they're, they're heavy too. <laughs> and yeah, they're they're like full size organs. Uh, oh, and oh, I know over at the uh, the Tucson Mall, I think they still have an organ store over there that uh, that they'll just they'll have they have like I don't know how many organs they sell to make the rent. I mean, how you have to sell at least one a month, you would think, right? I got I got really confused when you first said that. I thought you said Oregon store, <laughs> and I was like, where they what? Went, where they have the Oregon Trail game, you know? Well, that's the part, like, I heard Oregon, and I'm thinking, ooh, Oregon Trail, like, we didn't have those here in Atlanta. (laughs) What is going on? We are, as soon as you get off. But I'm entertaining my little friends, my... Small friends, yeah, we know. I'm trying to fill their lives with joy. Then you should stop singing right now. The back and forth between Yakko and uh, Willie Slackner is just some of the funniest back and forth. You know, he's, like, mocking him behind his back thought that was really funny and then the whole thing of uh him recording uh william slackner like a mission impossible tape yeah i th- it felt like uh they were even playing some mission impossible like music as yes. they were playing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah you must accept the fact that that it's my turn to stop it your turn to stop it Yay! we were getting tired of stopping it all by ourselves that's not what i said Oh, no, 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 no fibbing, Wacko. It's my turn to stop it. But the thing that made me probably laugh the most was just the, when the music is going faster and faster, and then at the end it's the pop goes the weasel part. Rounding around the mulberry bush, the monkey chased the weasel. Monkey thought it was all in fun. Pop! Goes the weasel. Uh, that really makes me just laugh each time. And his toupee falls off, and it's, it's just, it's just funny. It's just funny stuff. Mm-hmm. It, you, have you ever had any, have you ever, you ever met William Shatner or Leonard Nimoy at all? Like, going to Dragon Cons or anything like that, Kelly? No, because, well, because I don't, I'm not, interested. not a huge Star Trek <laughs> fan, but yeah. I... When they do autographs and stuff, they're actually, I mean, of course, Leonard Nimoy now has, has passed, but William Shatner is always in a, like, his own separate room. And because most of the, the guests and celebrities are in a, 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 just a large ballroom at, at tables and you go up and can meet with them and stand in line. Uh, but the, the bigger guests are usually often, um, a separate area and you actually have to prepay and have a ticket and everything yeah. to go see them. So, no, there was a guy, I did a double take, because uh, he, he was dressed like Spock this weekend, <laughs> and looked so much like Leonard Nimoy, and, um, but he was super tall. I think I read somewhere that he was like 6'8". Wow. But he, he goes around all conventions and, and does Spock. That's what I heard, because I, I was just like, wow, that is one of the most impressive cosplays i've ever seen he just the facial structure and and you know makeup or whatever you know either he naturally looks like him and just enhances it or or he has does makeup but he it's a almost a perfect likeness he's just super super tall oh cool <laughs> I, I just wonder why spock instead of chewbacca if you're that tall but <laughs> just he looks great he looks great <laughs> a lot of great costumes <laughs> 
Well, uh, let's go ahead and move on to our uh, next one. Is there anything else that you guys want to mention before we do about the first no. one? Karaoke Doki? No? All right. There what? was a, um, well, just in the, in the line of Dragon Con costumes, there was a good idea, bad idea oh, costume. Oh, really? uh, yeah. uh, Mr. Skullhead, or? Well, they had the, just a sign that said, good idea, bad idea. I didn't <laughs> see the... I didn't actually see the costume. My boyfriend pointed it out as we were walking by. He's like, did you see that? Like, I saw the sign, but I didn't. I'm real short, so I sometimes people see things that I miss, and it's really crowded, <laughs> so I didn't quite see, you know. But if you stumble across that or something, please share it with us. But, oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure there was, was more Animaniacs costumes that I just I just didn't see. Again, 80,000 people couldn't see it all. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I did see one or two people uh, do some uh, some pictures with uh, Rob Paulson that were dressed as Animaniacs, and of course, oh, okay. there was. I know there was at least one guy dressed up as Freakazoid running around the place. Uh, so there, there was some there was some Spielberg cartoon presence uh, there in the in the con. So speaking of Spielberg, yes. There was an amazing John Hammond too that I had to go up and ask for his autograph. <laughs> I just I wanted to I like say just just say it say it welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> but you know he was in line I didn't want to bug him too much but I I just had to go up to him and and, and I don't normally do that but you're in a Spielberg costume and you look really cool I'm gonna bug you. Yep, can't blame me for that. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get right into our next cartoon and it's called Cranial Crusader. This is Maurice LaMarche, the voice of the brain, and you are listening to the Animaniacast. And Cranial Crusader was written by Tom Minton, and it was directed by Rusty Mills and Dave Marshall. And Nathan, tell us what happens in Cranial Crusader. Oh boy. All right. Well, we follow Pinky and the Brain as they try to take over the world. But this is a superhero edition. So uh, I guess they are pets, I guess, to the caked opossum, which is a kind of a Batman-esque kind of character. Um, and he's caught all of the villains in the city except for Mr. Badnote, who is kind of like the Joker, I guess. Anyways, <laughs> so uh, the Brain and Pinky both dress up as superheroes, and Pinky is the boy wonder. Uh, boy blunder, maybe something like that. <laughs> and they go out to take on Mr. Badnote, and uh, Mr. Badnote ends up kind of blowing up himself, so they do it, and they even leave a calling card for the, the Cranial Crusader, I believe is his name, yes. And uh, so he leaves his calling card, but a, a bottle of ink falls over, and it uh, looks like the caped opossum's calling card, so no one knows that he did it. And that's pretty much the whole episode, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so a very obviously, you know, kind of parroting uh, Batman, uh, both both Batman and the animated series, I suppose, with Johnny Badnote kind of sounding like the Joker on the Batman the animated series, which, by the way, just celebrated its 25th year, just turned 25. So there you go. Now you feel Ooh. old. So, <laughs> um, so love Batman the animated series. I loved uh, rushed home after after school to watch that every day. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, and of course a little bit of Batman nineteen sixty six a little bit I think just with the mu- the way the music sounded mm-hmm. and I think the way that Johnny Badnote 
you know, sets up the little trap at the end. When my metronome yanks out your firing pin, my music box egg grenade will play lovely music for a few precious seconds before, kaboom, it gives me your last downbeat. You call that a diabolical plan? Oh, there's more. When I hear the downbeat, I'll play my missile-launching pipe organ and blow up the world. Is that diabolical enough? Yes. That sounded to me like something that would happen in the Batman original te- television series with Adam West. Uh, just it, it seems like every episode of Batman 66 was like, stay here, Batman, and then you're when this happens, then you'll fall down into the shark tank, and then you'll get killed. Ha ha ha. And now come back next time, same bat time, same bat channel, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it was kind of that, the, a lot of the episode was more reminiscent of that, I think, more than Batman the Animated Series, but um, it had some it had some good good stuff in it. Um, what do you guys think, Nathan? What are Nathan Kelly? What are some of the things that uh, you guys liked in this cartoon? Uh, I thought that Maurice Lamarche did a good impression of Mark Hamill. He <laughs> did, yeah, and he did the caped opossum too. Yeah, and he did uh, <laughs> William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. he's he really had so. a tour de force to, for a performance in this episode, didn't he? Um, yeah, and the brain, I and the brain. Oh, really? Wow. <laughs> Uh, Kelly, what about you? I I liked their costumes, and they just looked really cute. And the pink wonder, and when they were driving, and the brain said he learned to drive from watching a lot of Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> to the driver's seat, pink wonder. Sounds you're a good driver, Brain. I've watched a lot of Dukes of Hazard. The cranial crusader blasted off into the night. Vroom! Quiet, Pink Wonder. Yeah, I, the, the the costumes were particularly funny. I just think how the brain is funny because he's wearing his padded, you know, costume to make himself look really strong. And <laughs> yeah. the Pink Wonder, I mean, it just looks like Pinky just had, like, some clothes that were, like, put in the washing machine and then turned pink. Like, you know, like, the, the shorts and everything, it just looked just ridiculous. His costume looks so funny. Um there's some funny parts too when they're like trying to use that car and the brain doesn't know how to use it. Pinky knows, <laughs> Pinky knows all about this because the Cape to Possum apparently is a very good publicist and he went, he wants to make sure that all of his adventures are also put onto comic books as well. So Pinky knows how to use the car because of the comic book. Uh, except he doesn't know certain things like which way the thrusters are. Reverse thrusters. I said reverse thrusters. And of course, they press the forward thrusters, forcing them into the ground even faster. Uh, so I, it, just little things like that were, were funny. Some good, some really good gags. And I don't know, it, it raised a few questions for me. Like, number one, the Cape to Possum, he has some, he has some ego issues. He has, He's very insecure, you know? He doesn't, he wants to catch Johnny Badnote. He starts crying at the end. <gasps> that cursed Johnny Badnote. He's the only thing that stands between me and true superhero fame. <laughs> at this rate, there'll never be a movie about me. There, there, sir. Uh, so I kind of felt sorry for, you know, the caped opossum. And 
you know, really, did the brain really want to be a superhero in the truest sense of the word? Because I don't think so. I think he wanted to be more of a supervillain. Because mm-hmm. you listen to his, you listen to his talk about what he's going to do. It's like, well, they'll all love me, and then I'll take over the world. It's like, wait a second, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what a superhero does. Uh, but at any rate, uh, very cute cartoon. Uh, any other, any other things that you guys thought were curious or funny or anything like that? Well, I, I felt like Pinky kind of saved the world because it was mostly he's he's the one that got the comic. So that's true. Like, they would have been just trapped there, and then uh, I, I don't think Brain had any idea how to get out of that. So yeah, <laughs> if it hadn't been for that comic, yeah, exactly. And then at the end of the cartoon, I, I felt like there was a, a glitch in the the animation where Pinky's like he's been drawing with his tail, uh-huh. but at the very end, he's just holding like a pink nothing, and oh. his tail's like behind him. I didn't even see like, that. Yeah, I, I was just wondering if you like broke his tail off at one point and he's just fighting with part of it. I don't know. It was weird, but it, it threw me off for a second. It's, it's just in that last scene where he's like, oh yeah, try to take over the world. And he's riding with what looks like his tail, but it's not connected to his body. So hmm. I thought Johnny Badnote was hysterical because for some reason he, he looked to me like he reminded me of the look of Mark Hamill as the, that guy in the flash i can't remember his name oh yeah um and then um but he sounded like mark hamill's joker from batman the animated series so it was just it was weird to me yeah the, funny. who is that guy that mark hamill played in the flash it is the uh, jester hang on i'm looking it up mark hamill hamill it's the joker <laughs> no mark mark hamill flash played Ah, he played the trickster. That's who he is. Oh, uh, well, that's kind of about the same. It's about the same. Yeah, he's about the same <laughs> kind of character. And he was in the rebooted Flash recently, too. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I need to watch. My dad, my, my dad and I were watching it, and um, I said, that's Mark Hamill. How do you know that? Okay, Dad, it's, A, it's me, but also it sounds like Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mark Hamill. Pinky had a really good uh, Are You Pondering What I'm Pondering thing. He said something about... Uh, Speaking Yiddish, I think. Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? Well, I think so, Brain, but I can't memorize a whole opera in Yiddish. Pinky, you are a threat to tolerance. Uh, so good, you know, hey, it's Pinky the Brain. It's good stuff. It's funny. <laughs> it's Batman. And it's an op. Is it possum or opossum? Because I always say possum. It's. They're used interchangeably. They're used interchangeably. They, yeah, but I've always heard that both are correct. Okay. See, I and I saw both. I think they say both in this episode as well. Like at one point they say the caped possum and then the caped opossum, but mostly the caped opossum in this one. So there we are. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our last major segment of today. And it is the chicken who loved me. The Chicken Who Loved Me was written by Deanna Oliver. It was directed by Adu Payden. And the synopsis of this is basically, well, Chicken Boo is 007, or I think he's double, double A7 or something like that. Great, double A7. Basically like out of an egg joke right here. But he's his name is Boo, James Boo. I think that is 
truly his name because they keep they keep calling him that. They don't call him James Boo. They call him Boo James Boo uh, constantly in this. It is a parody of James Bond 007 movies, specifically the ones, you know, with Sean Connery mostly, you know. Uh, there's a lot of uh, the titles of the, the names of the movies are put into their, their dialogue. So you hear them talk about the spy who loved me. Yes, the chicken who loved me. They mention a Bond film. Well, sort of a Bond film called Never Say Never Again. He'll never get through to Dr. Knott. Never say never again, Hooper. Uh, which I think that movie is technically not a Bond film. Like that one was done with Sean Connery, but it's not, doesn't have the, it's not, it's like an unofficial James Bond film. I don't know. I'm not a James Bond fan, but I know that that one is not really in the canon. It's a non-canonical James Bond movie. Let's put it that way. Uh, it mentions also, uh, for your eyes only. Um, the, there's some dialogue that says nobody does it better. Boo's an expert in counterintelligence. Nobody does it better. Uh, and that's referring to a song in uh, The Spy Who Loved Me. So, some good titles right there kind of mixed into the dialogue. And then we have the characters. So, the character of M, who's played by Judy Dench in the newer James Bond films. Uh, his name is P in this one. And then we have the bad guys. We have Odd Job. His name in this is Day Laborer. And Dr. No is called Dr. Not. Uh, and of course, that all leads to a very funny joke where one of the other agents who has this camera around his neck constantly, I'm not exactly, I'm, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm, I don't know if he was like supposed to be a reporter or an, or an agent or, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure he's based off of some character in the classic James Bond films. Uh, but he says, I gotta go, P. What? Oh, you have to leave. Very well. And don't worry about anything. Anyway, <laughs> so I I really liked that joke. I thought it was subtle, but uh, very funny. Um, what do you guys think about this Boo James Boo cartoon? Um, I like that Henny Penny still loved Boo, even though she found out he was a chicken. <laughs> that's true. Oh yes, and that, that's another one right there. Henny Penny is instead of uh, Money Penny in the uh, in the movies right there. Um, I have to say. Chicken Boo's very... He was a very effective spy in this one. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's, he's perhaps the most effective I've ever seen him in any of these cartoons as doing a job. Like, this is his... This is his calling, I think. Uh, I was very impressed. He... He was cool and confident and... I just... I... I don't understand why when they... they you know, took his clothes off of him. He just looks so confused and clucks. And I'm like, how, how did he, he go from that to this? Well, because he, he was just awesome. Yeah, I know. He had like the hen grenades and everything like that instead of hand grenades. Uh-huh. Uh, and like an egg beater <laughs> helicopter that he, it was, everything was themed like really perfectly in this one. Uh, and, and I just think how it's funny how they, the, everything's themed very well gadget wise, except for the one thing, which is the pen, which is just yeah. a pen. <laughs> He's like, Oh, I want you to have it. They tell me it's a pen. Uh, Make sure it doesn't like leak. That. Yes. It's like, <laughs> Oh, so it's not like a bomb or anything. No, it's just a pen. Uh, so, um, this is the first time I've seen Chicken Boo 
his feathers really turned into fingers when he was on that aircraft. Uh, so I thought that was kind of different as for his design. Uh, but it does have a really cool effect where he's in the office talking with P and before he goes off to his thing, then it go it kind of fades into water. Uh, I don't know. He just looked, he looked intimidating. Like when he was throwing those hen grenades at the, the two bad guys, uh, chasing them around the place. I was like, man, he's good. Like he's got his stuff down. It was, it was impressive. Of course, until he fell into the rocket, which then launched to the moon or a planet or I don't know, it went all around the galaxy, which kind of <laughs> made me wonder, like, was that their, like, where was this rocket? supposed to where was this bomb supposed to go to are they just exploring was it going to go to a planet anyway or was it going to go blow up someplace i don't know that was a little that was a little <laughs> slight hole in the plot but for a chicken boo cartoon which are typically very simple and just straightforward this one had some good complexity to it and it was uh it was really nice any other moments that you guys thought were uh cool in this boo james boo cartoon I like that they say that at the end and said, oh, I can't believe Boo Chicken Boo was a, or uh, Boo James Boo was a chicken, you know, and saying his full name <laughs> as. <laughs> yeah, this is his full name. Uh, I'd love to see more. I'd love if Animaniacs does in fact get a reboot. I'd love to see additional, uh, you know, adventures of Boo James Boo, especially because they've had so many additional James Bond movies. Uh, since then that they could really they could do some more fun stuff with with this I think so mm-hmm. it was a good one you wear a disguise you look like human guys but you're not a man you're a chicken boo I think it's time for our water tower rating <laughs> So, out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give this episode? Uh, let's start with Kelly. I will give it five because I love karaoke dookie, one of my all absolute favorites, and the other segments were really strong too. The Cape Crusade, I'm sorry, Cranial Crusader, and the uh, the Chicken Boo was really good too. All right, and Nathan, what about you? I'm going to give it four water towers. Uh, I enjoyed all of them, but I, I don't know. I don't think I enjoyed them as much as the best ones I've ever enjoyed, I guess. But they're all great segments, so four. Yeah. I'll go with four as well. It's a very solid episode. Um, I don't know. The, I guess just the – I love karaoke Doki. I guess it's really the Cranial Crusader that is kind of the, which is weird because Pinky the Rain is usually one of the higher points of the episode. But if I guess I were to grade like – all the different segments, I'd give Chicken Boo and Karaoke Doki A's, and then Pinky and the Brain would get like a B plus in this one. And I'm not exactly sure why. It might even just be because the animation was a little lower quality, slightly lower quality than what we were used to. But it's just a really good episode for uh, Water Towers for me as well. So there we go. Okay, let's go ahead and get to our Twitter poll. <laughs> Listeners were asked, which of these is the best discovered Warner's cartoon on Animaniacs, and we had four different choices. We had Babylon Bijou, and by the way, Nathan, it is Bijou. I think last week you said Bayou or something like that. Or... Hey, I like Bayous. It, hey, hey, it makes more sense because a Bijou <laughs> is like a. 
I looked up the word Bijou again, and I'm like, Bayou makes more sense than Bijou, but whatever. I think it's whatever. So Babylon Bijou, Toy Shop Terror. Of course, this, of course, you know, this means Warners and Ragamuffins. And coming at the bottom was Babylon Bijou. Uh, then it was with 15%, by the way. Then 19% went to Toy Shop Terror. 20% went to Ragamuffins. But of course, you know, this means Warners got 46% of the vote. And that is the winner. That is the one where they are saving up money or saving up everything, basically, for the World War II war effort, recycling stuff and all that. So what do you guys think of those different uh, cartoons? Which one was your favorite? Um, Nathan, what about you? I voted for, of course, you know, this means Warners as well, just because uh, it was in color and uh, had more <laughs> jokes, I think, and sound. <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? You remind me of my brother. He's like, I'm not going to watch Schindler's List because it's in black and white. I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> it's not bad. Um, I I liked, um, of course, you know, this means foreigners. Um, I like the dance sequence in it. Oh, yeah, that dance sequence is is really epic. <laughs> it, goes, it goes on for like half the cartoon, really. It's, it's pretty impressive. Um, well, I voted for... Well, actually, I didn't vote. I got to be honest with you. I just watched what? the poll, but but I, I'm going to vote right now, and I'm going to vote shame, for. I know. Shame, <laughs> shame. Hey, hey, I don't want Game of Thrones. I don't get that reference. <laughs> I only get the memes that I see. Now. See. <laughs> so I get it. I get it post anyway. Uh, I voted for Babylon Bijou, um, and I I think it's just because I like the music in that one, and um, I kind of like the look of like the. The characters the most in that. Uh, I, I, I don't know. That's the, that's my one. They're all, they're all good cartoons, but I could see why, I could see why, of course, you know, this means Warner's one because it has the dialogue and the history and it's in color. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, said. it stands out the most between the four of them. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get over to our poll for this week. And Nathan, what do we have? Okay, well, we have another Chicken Boo uh, question, I guess. We're, this is going to be Best Chicken Boo Round 2. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we have uh, General Boo Regard, which was when Chicken Boo went to war and he was a general. We have Jingle Boo when uh, Chicken Boo was Santa Claus. We have Kung Boo when he did a Karate Kid reference. And The Chicken Who Loved Me, which was on today's episode, which was uh, parody of James Bond. All right, so some very good choices. This will be an interesting one to vote for because they're all really good Chicken Boo cartoons. Head on over to twitter.com slash animatingcast or simply search on Twitter for animatingcast poll and you can make your voice heard. Well, before we stop things today, uh, it is episode 60, and you know what that means, folks? Well, every 15 episodes, we go through Catherine Page's credits. And Nathan is going to, (laughs) using just the magic of audio, will reenact each one of those jobs or each one of those credits for us so we get a better idea of what exactly Catherine Page did that week or that day on Animaniacs. So, Nathan, are you ready? Well, uh, I haven't prepared, so uh, yeah, I guess so. All right, so... Let's go ahead and get the clock ready, and we're going to start, I believe, with number 46, right? And then we're going to go to number 60. 
Okay. That makes sense. Here we go. Okay. So, start the clock. So, in episode 46, Catherine Page was a diplomat. Uh, hearie, hearie, I now promote you to diplomat. (laughs) (laughs) In in episode 47, she was plotting revenge. (laughs) Yes, I'll get you back for that. (laughs) In, In episode 48, she was a bonsai sculptor. Ah, bonsai! <laughs> and it's art! <laughs> In episode 49, she was a stocking stuffer. And a toy into here! <laughs> Good. In episode 50, she was a nutcracker. <laughs> It's the sound of the nuts. Were you, sp- were you spitting them out at the end? Was that, I, heard that, I yeah. heard that. Oh, okay. I didn't like it. Oh, okay. I was cracking my teeth. Oh, ouch. Okay. <laughs> In number 51, she was under sedation. Uh, uh, this is amazing, <laughs> Number 52, well, this is very good for this episode. Number 52, she was a karaoke singer. I will survive. I will survive. Thank you. You know, in karaoke, they do have the words. You don't have to make. Oh. You don't have to go. Anyway, see that would have helped if I read that for that one, two, three, four, five song. Oh yeah. Uh, number fifty-three was asylum attendant. Uh, <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> the attendant is crazy, not yeah, the because he's in a, he's attending an asylum. <laughs> so, okay. Number fifty four. She was a first trumpet. Okay. Number fifty five. <laughs> number fifty five. She was a pile driver. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number fifty-six. She was local anesthetic. Uh, okay, I'm just like into your mouth right here, and and there you go, and now you're asleep. <laughs> number fifty-seven. She was a den mother. Ah, yes. Here you go. Here you are. Oh, and there's another. Thing in my den, and I'm you're my baby. <laughs> That's not what a dead mother is. Okay, <laughs> That's what that dead mother does. Okay, number 58, she's scared of internet. Uh, oh, yes, there's a way from... Oh, I think he just turned off his Skype. <laughs> it would make sense, because he's scared of the internet. <laughs> Alright, are you back? Okay, number, <laughs> number 59. <laughs> number 59, she was a good witch. Ooh, all you had to do was say, uh, no place like home. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, number 60, she was a snipe hunter. Yeah, snipey, 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 snipey. <laughs> oh, no. All right, let's give Nathan a hand. Yay! Uh, <laughs> that sounds exhausting. Yes, 
That's why we only do it every 15 episodes. And, uh, yeah. So there we go. So excellent job, Nathan, once again. Good job. Well, after all that exhausting stuff, I think it's time to, to shut things down. So let's go ahead and get some contact information. Nathan, where can people come to you on Twitter for more impressions and things like that? On Twitter? Oh, uh, I guess Django FT. That, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly, what about you? I can be found on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S. And uh, as for the Animaniacast, we are, as I mentioned before, on Facebook, on Twitter, and of course you can see a full listing of our previous episodes over at Animaniacast.com, where you can go to the RetroZap archives of our show, you can go to all the previous episodes, listen away, look at the show notes, and hey, while you're at RetroZap, go ahead and check out all the other awesome stuff they have there too such as Bruise and Blasters, Techno Retro Dads, lots of amazing articles and videos, and head over to RetroZap.com. You will not be disappointed for all your pop culture needs. Uh, well, I think it's uh, my turn to stop it. So, <laughs> so for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Hey, let's hear it from Mr. Slackmer! Yay! Yahoo! What a guy! Wow!